0: Morning, early birds. Welcome to my session. This, t- today we're gonna talk about Airbnb's journey from self-managed Redis to elasticash for Redis. This is our agenda. Um, we're gonna talk about a little bit of background on Airbnb. Uh, how Redis looked like at Airbnb, why we chose Cache, our migration requirements, uh, the procedure, which is the exciting part, and uh, we'll do a summary. So a little bit of background about Airbnb. Uh, it was founded 10 years ago and it used to be called Airbed and Breakfast. Uh, our mission is to create a world where people can belong uh, through healthy travel that is local, authentic, diverse, inclusive, and sustainable. Today on the platform, we have five, more than 5 million unique homes around the world in 81,000 cities, and in 191 countries. We have more than 15,000 unique activities on experiences um, in more than 1,000 markets. So whether you like surfing or cooking or biking, you can find something you like. Um, This is how much data we have stored today. We have 104 petabytes 900, that's only in S3, uh, 900, 940 ter- terabytes in Aurora, and 237 terabytes in Redis. So a little bit of background of what Redis looked like before we migrated to Cache. Before the migration, we had 82 um, clusters in EC2 that we managed. Uh, post-migration, about a day after 100% migration, we had 113 Elasticsearch Redis clusters, and today, we actually have more than 146 um, clusters. When we talk about uh, Redis, a lot of times uh, people think it's just like Memcached. Uh, but um, a lot of you know now that there's many use cases for Redis since it has a lot more features than Memcached Deep. Uh, One of the use cases is authentication, right? We use it for user login sessions, feeds for homes and experiences, uh, verification and fraud detection, messaging, and payments. These These are just some of the use cases So, we had two um, types of Redis architectures that we managed. The first one is called, or was called, the Smart Stack Redis. Um, This one is pretty simple. It's got a primary and a replica um, instance, it's multi AZ, um, but it didn't um, scale well. This one, aside from operational overhead, we had to manually failover when we got an alert that one of the instances was down. Um, There's no support for sharding, and there was also no encryption support. The other architecture we had was called H.A. Redis, or High Availability Redis. This one had auto failover. So we had that mechanism in place. It was also multi-AZ. As you can see in this diagram, um, we had this service called Redis Sentinel that continually monitored our Redis um, clusters. And whenever there was a failure failure event, um, we did an automatic promotion of the replica. Um, and uh, and replaced it with a new instance and published the new primary to our service discovery. The cons for for this architecture um, was that it had more operational overhead. We had to maintain the Redis sentinel cluster right That's another framework. Um, so it was a lot of work in A lot of people also didn't understand how that um, worked in the background, right? There were things such as um, all of the Redis clusters looking like it was one huge cluster. Um, It was hard to distinguish which cluster belonged to a service. There was no support for sharding um, either and no encryption support. And with this architecture, we started using TwemProxy. And that posed a lot of issues, such as restricted commands, right? Um, For those of you who who are familiar with TwemProxy. So why did we choose to use ElastiCache? because the current approach doesn't work right. It's difficult to manage. Um, there's poor user experience. For example, the manual failover, um, whoever's on call uh, had, to, had to respond to that. And that also um, made it very difficult for us to scale. Um, especially when we needed sharding. Not just SmartStack Redis, but also HA Redis. Um, and it was also very expensive. Uh, the EC2 instances or instance types that that we had to use in, in a lot of the clusters were, were expensive instance types, uh, very memory-intensive instance types. Um, with ElastiCache Redis, um, these are the features that we really liked, right? Key value store, as I mentioned earlier, we have many different use cases for, for Redis, right? We don't just use it as cache for persistent data stores. We use it as a uh, really fast in-memory data store itself. Um, Uh, the high availability and reliability. As an SRE, that's my favorite. Um, We have read replicas. We can have many read replicas and point um, certain services to directly read from the replicas. Um, Multiple primaries, we can also have. um, Multi-AZ with automatic failover, right? Uh, We don't have to worry about uh, an entire availability zone going down, and now we don't just have we don't just have them in two AZs. We have them in three AZs. It's fully managed and hardened. We don't have to worry about upgrades or security patches. Um, it's easily scalable. Right, um, you can keep adding replicas. You can. Uh, keep expanding your cluster if you, if you use it in cluster mode. Um, cluster with up to 6.1 tera, terabytes um, of in-memory data. Uh, it's secure and compliant. Uh, so you can have encryption at rest and in transit. Uh, there's, you could also enforce um, using a password. Migration requirements. Um, We have a very unique requirement, right? Um, First, when we think about Redis and caching, we don't don't, by default think of persistent data stores, right? When caching, uh, you can just by default we think, oh, we could lose that data, it's just cache. Uh, but because of our unique use cases and the way we use Redis, um, we have these migration requirements, right? We had to have zero downtime from switching from the EC2 Redis cluster to the ElastiCache Redis cluster. We had to migrate all our data. There had to be no data loss um, and no cold starts, right? Right? Cache had to be, uh, had to have data. How did we do that? Um, This is uh, the very difficult part that the ElastiCache team helped us with. We did a lot of testing first, a ton of testing, Um, not only to test that the migration procedure worked, but, benchmarking, um, network throughput, um, and all of these things. So first, uh, we had to stage uh, the application. So prepare to redirect Redis traffic from EC2 Redis to ElastiCache Redis. Um, We'll go over all of these steps in detail. And then we have to deploy ElastiCache Redis cluster. Um, so we just provision the new one. We sync the data, we do the failover, and then the cleanup of the old EC2 Redis cluster. So staging the application. Here we have to be, to be ready to push an update to production that will redirect Redis traffic to ElastiCache. In, in this case, It's either a configuration change via Chef or a Chef role, um, because that's how we manage uh, EC2 instances, or a uh, a change in the Docker image and pushing that out for uh, our containerized applications. Um, We make sure that the PR or the pull request is ready to be merged uh, to redirect the traffic. Then for the new ElastiCache Redis cluster, it had to be a um, single node cluster. Um, I'll explain that in a little bit, right? With multi-AZ failover disabled. Um, so it had to be a single node cluster because in order for us to replicate or sync the data from EC 2 Redis, we had to make the ElastiCache Redis single node cluster a replica, right? So now we have a cluster with one master in EC two, one replica in EC two, and the second replica in Elastic Cache. And then we allow traffic from EC two, um, EC two Redis, and the application. Right. This is what uh, so we manage our infrastructure in code, and this is what it, it looks like when we first deploy the cluster to make it a replica, the Elasticache cluster rather to make it a replica. So, if you can see here, replica count is zero, and auto failover is disabled. Right. Auto failover also has to be disabled. Um, In Elastic Cache, uh, Redis, because you only have one node, right? One instance. Um, And and auto failover can only be enabled if you have a replica. Syncing the data. Um, Also, uh, disclaimer, AWS doesn't usually support uh, or get this much involved in a migration procedure Thanks very much to the ElastiCache Redis team for making this happen for us. Well um, alerting for, for ElastiCache is, is, uh, is turned off at this point. So we have to keep that in mind, right? Um, first, because there's only one node in the Redis, or ElastiCache Redis cluster, um, and there's no primary. So we, we have to have um, monitoring turned off. So syncing the data, um, what the Amazon ElastiCache team enables is the slave of command, right? Um, If you look at the ElastiCache Redis documentation on restricted commands, these are one of four, I believe, restricted commands to slave of. Uh, So they enable us, enable that for us uh, during migration, once the node is, is the single, uh, node cluster is deployed um, in order for us to, to make that a replica. And then we add the ElastiCache cluster as a replica in the Redis cluster, right? So well, how do you do that? We just run this, this command, uh, just your plain old uh, Redis CLI command from your EC2 Redis uh, primary uh, instance. So that adds the third, or the second replica to your EC2 Redis cluster. The failover. This is, I would say the most critical part because this is where you can, um, you will definitely get errors, right? So at this point, we have to block traffic to EC2 Redis, um, which will block all writes, right? You could still, um, you won't get any read errors, but your application will get write errors because now they can't write to um, the, any, any of your EC2 Redis nodes uh, or clusters. Uh, we disable the alerts for EC2 Redis, Uh, We block the traffic and we allow this sync to finish. Um, We have to do this so that we don't lose any data. If we don't block traffic, uh, writes will continue and sync will never finish, right? Or if we fail over without doing so, um, we'll lose data right, not all of the, the data, it, it will get to the replica once we switch over. So we disable alerts, uh, because you're about to take Redis traffic down, uh, you block traffic. Um, to do this in SmartStack Redis um, and HA Redis, we have to disable this thing called Nerve in in our, um, Redis clusters. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with our open source service discovery framework, SmartStack um, Nerve is um, like in our nervous system, it reports to the brain, right? Um, it lets us know that uh, Redis is still working. It does health, che- health checks. It makes sure traffic um, flows through. Um, Yeah, and then allow sync to finish to ensure there's no data loss. And then the failover. Um, Another critical part. Uh, Now we're at that point where um, our application is is getting write errors. Um, So we need to update the application configuration point uh, to, to point to the new ElastiCache Redis endpoint. So in this diagram, yeah, you could see that we're writing to the EC2 primary, but we've blocked that write. And um, both the EC2 replica and the Elastic Ash replica are syncing. So we have to push what we staged earlier. Um, in, in the pull request earlier for current configuration management or your Docker image. So this is what it looks like for us um, because we're using SmartStack for service discovery. So we stop Nerve. That's how we block the traffic. And then um, we get the status of the replication, right? So as you can see, we have two connected replicas. One of them is the EC2 Redis replica and the other is the ElastiCache Redis replica. Um, what we wanna look at here is the offset um, and make sure that matches. Right. And, um, so this is where you finally do your merge. Uh, either for us, it was via Chef um, and Docker, Docker image. At this point, your application is still getting read-write errors. Um, usually, that error would look like uh, um, "can't write to a read replica," right? Um, because you failed over you've directed your traffic, your configuration, in your configuration management, you've made the change to have your service or your application read and write from the EC2 Redis host now to the ElastiCache Redis cluster, uh, which is still a replica, replica, which still only has one node, and which still has no um, auto failover enabled. <clears throat> so what's the next step? Um, now we need to, to promote the single node ElastiCache Redis cluster, right? We have to make that replica a, a master. And you, you just issue the um, slave of no one command. So earlier we did the slave of command to make the ElastiCache um, cluster a replica of EC2 Redis. Uh, Now we're issuing the command that it should be a slave of no one. So this is the three steps to do the failover, right? We promote the replica, the ElastiCache Redis replica. We add a replica to it and we enable uh, the multi-AZ failover. Um, at this point, we get the AWS Elastic cache team involved again, right? So, first I do the, uh, the promotion, um, and then this change, so earlier we saw this block of code where we have zero uh, replicas and we have auto failover disabled. Uh, You just make those two lines of code changes uh, to enable. Oh, first, first you have to add a replica uh, because you can't enable and add a replica at the same time. Once that's provisioned um, and and ready to go, um, usually takes a while. It depends on how much um, data you have in memory. Um, And then you just enable that. Uh, The default is enabled, so we just delete that line of code. So now we have a fully configured and loaded Redis. Right, We have primary and we have replica. It's multi AZ. You can add another replica. Um, so we have to notify the Elasticash team to disable the slave of command at this point uh, so that they can also turn on monitoring for the Elasticash Redis cluster. Um, because without monitoring, they can't, we can't have auto failover, right? So what do we do next? Um, this is my favorite part: is cleanup. Um, now we can finally terminate those EC2 Redis cluster instances. Um, terminate proxy instances um, if you're using Twem Proxy, right? In our case, in our HA Redis clusters, we were using Twem Proxy. Um, and then we delete Redis and the proxy configurations everywhere. Um, a lot of you may be wondering, um, and I'll have time for questions later. Um, a lot of you may be wondering about a rollback plan Right? What if this doesn't work? How do we roll back? Um, what do we do? Can we go back to EC2 Redis? Um, you can, if you're willing to take some data loss. You can go back to EC2 Redis before you terminate it. Right? Um, if you do, uh, so you're supposed to do some testing right after you do that failover right? to make sure uh, you got rid of the read-write errors. Uh, you're receiving data, you have connection from um, clients. But if that fails, uh, you can roll, roll back your traffic by rolling back those pull requests as well. But you will get data loss. Um, another thing you could do to avoid that is, of course, to, um, to have retries, right? A lot of retries. Recap um, just a little bit of summary of what we went over. So stage it, right? Stage the application. Um, make those pull requests to divert your traffic uh, from EC2 Redis to Elasticache Redis. Be ready to merge that. Deploy your Elasticache Redis cluster. Your single node. ElastiCache Redis cluster with auto failover disabled. Um, Contact the, let the ElastiCache Redis team know so that they can enable the slave of command for you. Um, Sync the data. So add the ElastiCache Redis cluster as a replica to your EC2 Redis. Um, Wait for that to finish. Um, and perform your failover. Uh, performing the failover is is a three-step process, right? We have to um, block the traffic to EC2 Redis, um, merge your pull request uh, to make your application start reading and writing to the ElastiCache uh, Redis node. Um, And finally, clean up, right? You can now clean up and terminate your EC2 Redis um, cluster. Some takeaways that we have um, is that Redis is, is not only or not only used for caching, right? Um, Memcached is, is a very simple uh, caching framework and can be used to, to cache or to use it in front of your persistent data stores, but uh, Redis is a bit more full-featured and you can use it as a really fast in-memory uh, database message broker, uh, queuing system uh, for scheduling, right? Um, it's fully managed and hardened, so we don't have to worry about patching it. We don't have to worry about um, updating or upgrading the versions. Um, it's, ha- it's got monitoring, failure recovery and backups, right? Snapshots, you can have daily snapshots. It's secure and compliant. Um, in our case, that's a big win uh, for at rest and in transit encryption uh, for compliance. Uh, it's highly available and reliable. That auto failover feature and multi AZ um, is, is has been really good for us, right? Especially because uh, previously we had clusters that we had to manually fail over it's easily scalable uh now we have sharding support right where we couldn't previously scale um, some of our clusters because of that Um, we had one-offs but it wasn't a standard now it's super easy you just enable cluster mode right and you could do this in place. So the nice thing about this also that I've noticed is we can um, sh- expand our, our sharded clusters in place. We can add replicas in place um, and all of these things. And it doesn't give us any downtime. Um, I'll save some time for for questions. You can also pull me aside later on for any other questions, but Thank you.